Hey there, it is me, Michael Hurley. You may remember me as the host of this podcast that you're listening to, the Hurley Edition. The one and only Hurley Edition. Thanks for coming back. I know it's been a while. It's the summertime. You got things going on. You got vacations. You got, you know, in my case, some some other things going on at work. You can't do. I'm sorry that I don't give you this podcast every single day. I wish I could, but I'm here now. You're here now. And this week we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to bring in Brian Robb, he of the Boston Sports Journal. We're going to break down this trade, this somewhat shocking trade between the Celtics and Cavaliers. Kyrie Irving to Boston, Isaiah Thomas to Cleveland. How does this change things in the East? What's going on? Are the Celtics going to make the finals? Can you believe Danny Ainge gave up a Brooklyn first rounder? All this stuff we get into. And then, you know, Brian just joined a, a new venture, the Boston Sports Journal, which is a site started by Greg Bedard. He's hiring local writers, guys, some who were laid off, some like Brian, who was, you know, just waiting for that next opportunity. So we got into that, sort of the, the thought process that went into taking that job, uh, the, the, the nerves that go with starting a new job at a place that doesn't yet exist and uh, what life has been like so far for him and what, what the future holds. I think it's an interesting, uh, well, we're going to go 50-50 on this one. We're going to go 50 sports and we're going to go 50 sports media and you'll get both for the price of one. Uh, you can mail me $100 if you're listening. That's what it costs. Uh, just send it cash only. Thank you. And that'll get you both topics. So once you do that, you can listen. So thank you. No more no more waiting. Here's Brian Robb from Boston Sports Journal. Brian Robb, Boston Sports Journal. Formerly, formerly a colleague at CBS Boston Sports before you ditched us. I appreciate you taking the time here. This is in a busy, not even 24 hours yet. It seems like it's been a bonanza for for days, but within a day, thank you for joining. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be reunited here. It is. It's been so long. But, all right, so start here, because, you know, the reaction time is over. There's no shock value. It's been pretty much dissected. Eastern Conference Finals starts today. Cleveland-Boston, who wins? Cavs. How many games? That's a stupid question. Yeah, that's stupid. No, we'll go. Hey, don't say it's a stupid question. No, all right. (laughs) It's a very reasonable question. Cavs in seven. You think, I think it's that tight? I think it's tight because I think Irving takes it to a different level in the postseason where Isaiah, you know, he showed some flashes last year, but clearly you know, he, he was playing through the hip, but he can shut him down. You can like, but it's obviously going to be harder to shut Isaiah down when he's surrounded by LeBron James and Kevin Love. He didn't have that kind of supporting cast in Boston either. So yeah. um, all things equal, the Cavs, I feel like, made out incredibly well. And, you know, not only do you get Isaiah, you get... Jay Crowder, who again took some steps back defensively last year, but is still an ideal guy to have playing yeah. behind or alongside LeBron. See, that's the thing to me that I think it's like Crowder was probably in a little bit over his head on a championship contender as a starter, right. but if you get him to play 18 to 24 minutes off the bench of like hard defense, hit a few shots, like foul some guys, like he's going to be a valuable piece that would actually probably help them against Golden State more than. I mean, not more than I, but I, I feel like Isaiah and Kyrie is kind of a wash offensively, and then you add that element, which the Cavs sorely needed last year. No question about it, because he can he can hit the open three consistently now, and he can play the stretch four, so he kind of takes some pressure off of LeBron from which having is to, which is de- de- desperately needed to guard the you know the Draymond Greens and the Kevin Durant's of the world. Crowder can at least get a shot there, and the Cavs didn't really have anyone in that department to help him out uh, reliably. Um, as far nothing's really surprising anymore these days. This is kind of I mean like yeah we've this was it's funny because just the first article I wrote for BostonSportsJournal.com was like should the Celtics take a run at Kyrie that and was like I, three weeks ago so like right? three yeah like so I think it was the, the like last the, week of July yeah um, 
so that's this story comes out and everyone you know you you just look at it and you're like you know this is they have to consider it they obviously have the assets to do it but like really like two teams in the Eastern Conference Finals last year they're really going to trade with each other right there's a thousand reasons why they they both shouldn't do it but the Celtics really liked Irving yeah. and that's really what the I think the bottom line about this deal is is that like this is a in their eyes a superstar and they thought he was worth the price plus it's such a unique setup where the Cavs sort of have one year left and sort of acknowledge that they they know that right whereas the Celtics know that they were the one seed in the east technically one of the three teams remaining in the NBA last year but were miles away from where they needed to be and that being there didn't really do them too much good so it's like it's odd that the one and two seeds of the East would make that trade of, of all-stars, but when you look at it that way, it's like, well, it makes sense. It's it's actually, right. it was sensible. So it wasn't totally shocking, but was the, it surprising to you that the the Nets pick was thrown in there? Yes. Given that, that Danny has held those like his children. Exactly. That's where, personally, I would have drawn the line in the sand at the Nets pick. I would have given it another pick. Like, uh, like the, the LA the slash LA. Sacramento slash See, even that, like, like, those two picks, I think, are, you know... I think debatably equal in value, mm-hmm. depending on how bad you think the Lakers are going to be this year. I think they're going to be pretty bad again. But I would try to do like one of the you know the Memphis 2019 pick, which could be really good too, but obviously not far in the future and not sort of irrelevant if, to this current. Core. Exactly, You're, it's it's an expendable part. Yeah, the Brooklyn unprotected P pick that's high capital. That's one of the most you know sought after picks in the whole league right now in terms of just value. Especially because all of last year they said we can't really trade that pick because we don't know what that pick is because right. we haven't had the lottery yet. Right. But I don't know. I guess the arrow's pointing ever so slightly up for Brooklyn that it makes it a little more feasible to get rid of. But it's it, such a. It's it's instead of them expected to be the worst team in the league, they're expected to be what fourth worst in the league. Right. It's more of it's not what they've done. It's more what the other teams in the East haven't done. Like the yeah. the, the Bulls want to tank now. The Hawks. Pulled their, pulled their team apart. The Pacers, obviously, are yeah. back to ground zero. So those teams, the, the the Nets have a smart coaching staff. They got some more shooters in play. They they had a lot of injury bad luck last year. So the Celtics front office probably looked at that being like, this is a team that we can't count on to be in the bottom five again. So let's... And then winning the lottery. And winning the lottery on top of it. Like, we, we made out like bandits last yeah. year. We're going to cash out early now, and it's a risk, but we think the numbers are in our favor. Plus, it's a way to secure the deal. Like, if you really want Irving, you know that Cleveland needs that pick because they're going to be rebuilding right. a year from now. No, this is a deal. Like, Presumably. Right. This was. There's no way Cleveland could walk away from this deal. And I, again, I don't know what... I, the, the thing about this deal, Mike, that makes me wonder is, like, who are the Celtics bidding against here? And what yeah. were these other teams offering? Because I'm pretty sure, if you looked at what... George got and what Jimmy Butler got, it's a lot less a lot than this. Less. And you can say, okay, well, you know, those teams are dumb. The Cavs are holding out for more. But at the same time, it's like, well, th- that's the market. Yeah. And so, where, like, who else was in play here? And were they offering anything close to what the Celtics were willing to offer? And how bad was it with Kyrie and Cleveland? Was he really going to skip camp and right. really hold out and just refuse to play? Because that, that would seem like bad business on Kyrie's part. No to question. just not show up to, to not, work. No, I don't think that's... After, you know, winning the East <laughs> and playing with LeBron. I mean, there's probably reasons that you want to get out from LeBron, but it just there's no way you Can, win that battle. This is nuts, though. Like, if you won, you know, a championship, Mike, I like a couple years ago, I mean, you won a lot Brian. of championships, like, you know, like, the champion writer in all CBS sports um, He's so good across the country, which it should be awarded to you. What a blog. Exactly. But say you... 
you were working with someone you really didn't want to work with on it and you like demanded to be traded yeah. like even after you won that even though you like formed a dream team with your coworker yeah that's nuts to me i mean it like is. from the basketball standpoint to where the nba has gone for a guy to you know take a 180 on that front it's 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 compelling i'm really yeah. curious to see like Kyrie to talk about this more yeah and he'll probably talk about it he's pretty thoughtful and, and expressive when he talks but I feel like that's the difference between being 26 and 31. Like, that's the difference right. where... And he's already won. Yeah, right. getting the title, I think, is huge there, like, when you have it. Yeah, so it's like, what else... Not what else is there to do, but it's more understandable, whereas when you see guys pair up when they're 30 or 31, none of them have won. They're willing to sacrifice some stats. I mean, I think Kyrie's still on the on the climb, so that's probably as large an explanation, but it still is. People will, you know, take less money, do whatever it is to play with LeBron James, and he's like, all right, I'm good. Yeah, he's like, no, I literally will th- throw away money, wave my trade kicker so I can get out of here Yeah, and go against LeBron. It's crazy. It's going to be so good when they play. It's like, thank goodness. I mean, you covered the, the team during some lean years. This has to be exciting yes. that it's actually, like you said, compelling. It's going to be, and th- they were compelling before, but you knew when you see Olenek and Jarebko getting all those minutes, like you knew. There was a ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Now it's sort of. You don't know for sure. I mean, anything could happen. And I, I, I mean, they're obviously miles away from Golden State, but all it takes is an injury or, or mm-hmm. something wacky to happen to, to change that. So that's got to be pretty exciting for you. It is. It's been, you know, I started my first year covering the Celtics was during the 2008-2009 season. Um, so got to go, you know, it was definitely a roller coaster. You start, I started up real high. Those are your in Garnett where the team hurt, was. Right? Yeah, Garnett got hurt. And then they went to the 2010 finals, obviously. Played in the All-Star game that year and got hurt like a week later. Yeah, th- that team was, argu- like, they were on almost a better pace than the 08 yeah. team. It, it's really, uh, I mean, we don't want to get back into the Don't the play big in the All-Star game, I- <laughs> Kevin. What are you doing? And they got hurt in, like, Utah a week later. It was yeah, the same was... road trip after the All-Star game. Sorry, I just totally no, railroaded it's... your story. but No, I-, I was just talking about how that, yeah. just covering the team from that perspective and then going the down to the low. high to the low pretty quickly but the the ascent has been pretty quick as well yeah uh, i don't think anyone expected them people to... like take that for granted like oh, yeah. they bottomed out they went what 25 and 57 and then yeah they weren't really a title contender last year but to go to 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 winning the east to having the number one seed in the east three years later it's like people say oh yeah you know people people mock people who back brad stevens and all that but it's like that is a ridiculous turnaround in three years Nope. So many teams sort of make a little progress, make a little headway, and fall back down. Like, that's a climb. They wanted to tank for more years. Yeah. And Brad Stevens... Well, they wanted to take worse, tank worse than they did that year, too. Right. That, that year... They didn't tank well enough. They didn't tank well. Like, you know, they, they started, like, 500 for the first 20 games of Brad Stevens' beefed it. career. And then, you know, the, the reality of the roster came into play. But even the next year, when they, you know, traded for Isaiah and stuff, they were going to kind of pull things apart there. And from what I've heard, that, you know, Stevens kind of went to bat and being like, hey, like... We got some from starting here, like, don't trade away everyone right now. And so they kept together. They made the playoffs that year, and then ever since then, it's just been up and up. Yeah. So I'm looking on that note. I'm looking, and today I woke up and I was like, geez, I know Kyrie was, was first. I know Horford was a was a high pick. And you look at the starting five. I mean, it could vary a little bit, but you have Kyrie, who's the number one overall pick. I think he's going to start. Yeah. I'm going to say gonna, that right now. You think he's, he's going to make cuts? I think he's going to make, yeah. You got Jalen Brown. Who might be starting? Might be starting. Third overall pick. If not, Marcus Smart's going to start a sixth overall pick. Yes. Hayward's a ninth overall pick. He'll he'll probably make the starting. I roster. think he's. I think he can pencil him in. Backed up by Tatum, who's a third overall pick. You got probably Morris in the front court. 
Yes, I think it's going to be 14th, 14th overall 14th pick. pick yep. And then Horford, who's a third overall pick. So I looked at that, and you can sort of see Ainge's not master plan because these things are variable, and he didn't know he was going to get Irving until a couple weeks ago. But you see the strategy kind of crystallizing where it's like, let's load up on talent because that's what you need to win. And yeah, you, you lack those those intermediate pieces, the the, the Jarebkos and the, and the Olenics, like I mentioned, but you can find those guys if you have... These are the guys you need to get, and he's gotten a lot of them. Yes, he has. And Six that, of them. And the, I tweeted this out last night, Mike, but the Celtics in this deal for Irving traded a number 60th pick, a number 23 overall pick, Crowder's a number 34 overall pick, and obviously a undefined future first for the number for a number one pick. So in terms of like, yeah. again, that's like... That's what a number one overall, that's overall pick, pick like, I mean, costs. Or, right. Like, it, if it's... If you would just do that alone, that would be look like a steal. Yeah, but and it's the thing obviously is with Irving is you know that he is a bona right, fide stud. Yes, it's not like a, an unknown. This guy, like like Wiggins and Parker, a few years ago. Right, it's, it's you're pretty getting a pretty good player. This is one of the best offensive creators in the backcourt in the NBA. He scored period. some of the stupidest baskets in the playoffs last year I've ever seen in my life. That just game, runners, game four, that just didn't belong in the net, and he would just get it. I mean, and he carried the Cavs more, and that's where I think if if a team can, I mean, it's a challenge. But if you can focus on Isaiah and shut him down with Cleveland, and LeBron's having an off night, Cleveland's not going to win. No, I mean LeBron has to like Kyrie could carry that team offensively. I don't know that Isaiah can in the playoffs. Right, he he did that in a couple games last year for the Celtics. Yeah, I mean again against the Bulls, yeah, fifty points, and then but then you know it was the hip injury. Yeah, he broke down, but it's the question of like, can he? do that when teams hone in on him more, yeah. and that remains to be seen. And so that's one more question I want to ask about this, because, again, I, I kind of felt like they weren't all in. The Celtics weren't all in on Isaiah. The ownership, uh, Danny Ainge, all the way up to Wick. I felt like they they really liked him as a person, as a player, but were never confident that he's the franchise guy. So there was always a trade in play. But once, you know, his his sister died, and he's he's flying across country and doing all that in the playoffs and, like, being a Celtic during that, I sort of felt like, all right, well, I think the trades are off. I I, I know that it's a cold-hearted business and, and it's all <laughs> about the bottom line, but at that point, I was like, you can't you can't just kick the guy out to the curb after this, and that's that that's the one part that surprised me. I mean, and then you factor in the he recruited for them, right? Like, he was for at years. the Gordon Hayward meeting <laughs> less than two months ago to yeah. be like, hey, come in here, we're gonna build this together. Let's do this. On top of everything you mentioned, and he was from, at the All Star game the year before recruiting Horford. Yeah, he like, was dancing when they got Hayward. Right. So like, I'm with you. I thought on top of the fact that like it was a lot to get up in the trade, just having the the guts to 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 pull the trigger on this from that standpoint to do this to a guy like Isaiah who's kind of given who's been all in for you and exceeded your wildest expectations, like. Do you worry at all? You have to worry at all, Mike. That that's like sends a little bit of bad me- bad message like yeah. around the league. I mean, not that they're going to be signing many more free agents right now, but like, hey, you know, like this guy did everything for us, and then yeah, Literally, we just like more than everything, yeah, more than everything for us. Played Broke through, his body, played through like probably some of the worst grief anyone's ever gone through. Yeah, and then we just flip them two yeah. months later. It's just lousy, and you just, I mean, I think they got better, but it's just you're just like, ugh, that is, it is. that is rough. But I guess at the flip side for Isaiah, it's not like they sent him to like Brooklyn or Orlando. Like, I mean, exactly. he's gonna. That's a good point. He's, he's gonna, still gonna make his money. He's still gonna make his money. They probably have thirty primetime games. Right. On he's gonna be on TV. a huge stage. So. And that's. I mean, he was gonna leave anyway. They were not gonna give him the max here. I don't think they were gonna give the max. I'm not sure he's gonna get a max from anyone. Yeah. So I was 
of the mind that they try to bring him back and lost to the max kind of like okay go see what you can get come back to us and we'll let you know yeah had they not traded him exactly but, but now this I, this eliminates that factor like, probably they don't have be to worry about him next year probably not going to be in the cards all right well you know this is the first sports podcast i've done usually we, we talk about you know the behind the scenes of the media and all that stuff so let's I, let's 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 meet the man behind brian t robb because <laughs> it's been you know speaking of guts speaking of, of bold decisions you made the the decision to join up with boston sports journal which in on one hand probably wasn't it was sort of a no-brainer because you have a lot of... I mean, Greg Bedard's a very established name. A lot of established names working in it. It made sense. It was going to be quality. But there is the unknown of joining something that doesn't exist yet. There had sure. to be sort of a heart palpitation situation for you there. Yeah, it was definitely um, something I talked to a lot of people about um, over the course of a few days, just in terms of you know where the sports media landscape is going, where sports media jobs are going and nobody actually knew an answer so. exactly and everyone had a thousand different thoughts in it which were all were all valid and personally i you know was always you know have to worry about hey you know you're, you're behind a paywall so it's like are people still going to read you mm-hmm. and so that was definitely uh, a concern as well but on the flip side um like you said it's a an amazing cast of uh writers alongside my experienced uh very well respected and it just was a situation where i think this is where sports media is trending towards because right now it's a lot of stuff that's you know just quick hit not a lot of analysis because page views is what yeah, matters baby. most to most places yeah, i don't know baby. if you can confirm or deny that though you did manage to set some sort of page view record with your chris babb story two two or three <laughs> years ago i just still don't know how i've there's a lot of things i don't understand about the internet but your chris babb story blowing up remains the biggest mystery in my life he has some fan base he must have <laughs> was like he, was he from waltham or something i don't know but he has like must have thousands of family members just tens of thousands countries. of people reading that chris babb story <laughs> but yeah, it is. So, I mean, all those considerations comes into play, but I do feel like with, especially in the Boston area, I mean, the the passion for, spa, for sports here speaks for itself. People are spread over all over the country, and it's something where the appetite for it is there, and if, if it's a good product, people, I think, hopefully are willing to pay for it, and that's what we're trying to do with the Boston Sports Journal. I mean, it's like the cup, the cost of a cup of coffee, really, when you break it down. So right. it's, not, it's not like you're asking for an arm and a leg, and... Frankly, I, I was having this conversation with you earlier. I don't know, given all the ads and all the autoplay videos and everything now, I don't know that it's necessarily asking for more to ask for money because I think people would rather just have a clean website. I mean, it's been a while since Grantland was a website, but like that was what everyone that's like on the writing side and editorial side would want, where it's just, here's a story. It's a clean experience. Yeah, and that's you know such a rare thing that it's... I mean, if you were asking for 40 bucks a month, that's one thing, but it's, it's right. a little bit lower than that. You can try, exactly. And that's like, we had the free preview week, which I give Craig credit. He like didn't take anyone's money like when he announced the site. He waited till like yeah. the site was up. Made sure everything which, worked. Which, exactly. And um, he really, he, he got the interface from a guy in Pittsburgh. Right. Who, you know, DKPittsburghSports.com, who, again, had has had it for three years and really has it figured out with apps and just the layout. And so... Yeah, like you can try it out. It's only five dollars a month if you just want to try it out for a month, or you know, thirty-five dollars a year, which is like a little under three dollars a month. So right. it's again, like you said, cup of coffee. You can make a thousand comparisons, but it is something where hopefully 
it's something that's worth worth an investment. Good sales pitch. Uh, one of my last questions on my sheet was, "What's your sales pitch?" But I'm crossing it out because the sales <laughs> pitch has been made. But so, can you try to explain what life was like as a freelancer? Because I, I, there's, I don't know. I don't think anyone in our business feels super comfortable at any moment. Because I mean, look at all the companies pivoting to video and just getting rid of their entire editorial staffs, and you know the ESPN layoffs of. The entire, I mean, that's how you guys get Joey Mack because they decided we're going to dump 100 people, including the entire hockey department. So, crazy. Uh, as a freelancer, it's almost like you're immune to some of that stuff, but also you have to hustle so much. How many sites were you working for? Like, what was what was a week like for you? And, like, how, how, is it, how stressful was it? It got really stressful at times. Um, again, it has its advantages because with places trending more, you know, they want freelancers because it's, um, easier Cheap. for cheaper for them. No insurance. No insurance. Um, tax stuff is easier for the the parent companies as well. Plus, if you say something really like racist on Twitter, they can just <laughs> disown you. <laughs> they and can be just, done with you. Exactly. They can. Just, which you do a lot. Which I mean, you really need to work so that's, on that. That's I should say. My first three four jobs ended poorly. <laughs> um, we can get into that now, but um, it is something where it the freedom was nice to be able to you know be immune from that. But at the same time, it was stressful when, especially in times of the year when, you know, the Celtics aren't hot or aren't in season. So you kind of have to make up the work in, you yeah. know, the prime times of like June, July, and really crank out your best stuff there. Um, and not because, every off season has the right. uh, excitement of this one. Exactly. So that can be a slippery slope too. So, and then at the same time, you have to, you know, it's not like you can ever take vacation during those times yeah. because if you do, then you're, you know, just taking vacation period, you can't do it right. unless you are, you know, don't want to pay rent that month yeah. or just don't, you know, want to go out to dinner or something like that. Yeah. So that kind of stuff, I'm very happy now with Boston Sports Journal to be in a position where um, I don't have to worry about doing a thousand pitches and thing, you know, getting them all rejected or just, um, you know, able to take time off when I need to, even though I was working on my honeymoon out of the gate. Yeah, that's t- t- talk about that because we, we <laughs> this uh, this podcast began with obviously the great paternity leave bait, uh, debate, and then you go out and start a new job as you're getting married and yes. go off to you know Hawaii typing up blogs. It must be uh, must have been a, a tough uh, tough conversation to have. I'm sure I'm sure your wife understood, but uh, still not a very uh, ideal experience so this tells you how amazing my wife is she was excited about this yeah in terms of like encouraging me to you know i wrote pretty much most of the stuff there on like plane rides and so i wasn't you know stuck in my hotel room during the honeymoon itself but good point a lot she, of flight time she's very excited about me having a full-time job in the sense that i'm the rest of my schedule over there will have some normalcy to it yeah and so that shift bought me goodwill there to uh be able to be in the fold during that first week. What about the adjustments to traveling? That's going to be a shift because they have some serious road trips. Yes, that is something I have uh, not traveled full-time with the team before. Um, it is a different animal. Luckily, this year, the NBA has cut down on like back-to-backs and things like that, so I don't have to like drive, you know, fly to like, you know, Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina at 6 a.m. after a, a Friday night. Celtics game as much. I'm sure it will still get you plenty of times. Exactly. I'm still at the same time. One thing you got to work on is uh, as a sports journalist that travels is you got to work on your tweet complaint game. You got to you got to follow Delta American JetBlue all of them. You got to be quick to at them and complain if anything's wrong because that's the kind of clout you carry as a member of of the media. I got to sign up for all like the 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 clubs. You need the miles. Need the miles. Oh yeah, the lounges. 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 Need to get on all that, but 
you're right. I have to do a lot of research on this front because it's, it's approaching quickly. Yeah. And um, oh. I'll probably be spending a lot of time in Cleveland, among other places. You'll where... get to see some weird places. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, it'll be all right. I mean, they don't go to the West Coast more than twice, right? Yeah. So they have two West Coast trips. Let's go to, you know, some random spots, Texas. I haven't been in like, places like Portland, Oregon before, so that might be fun to check it out. Yeah, there you go. Get some but, ice cream. Get some ice cream, you know. Um, but it'll, it'll definitely be a change of pace, but it's something I'm definitely excited to do for the site. And for people that don't know, because I think you came in and you can disagree with me and call me a real jerk, but you kind of came in with a lower profile than some of the, they're a little bit older than you and a little bit more established. So what is, what is, agree or disagree? I disagree. wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for anyone that, that doesn't know like your background, what's like the quick 20-second uh, B-Rob resume experience? So I pretty much started out, um, part, my, I got my start as part of the Troop Network, which is Troop back Hoop. at ESPN. Yep. Um, they started 30 different blogs. Was that like uh, right out of college? Right out of college. I started as a senior year at Boston College. I started writing there. And I started writing with a, we started a site on our own with a certain guy named Zach Lowe. I don't know if you've heard of him. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe the the top authority on all things NBA outside of Woj. Speaking and, of meteoric and rises. Right? So that's a guy who, um, he clearly has come a lot further than I have. <laughs> well, you know. But we started a site together a couple of years and got some traction. He went to that site from there, and that helped me get a gig here at the Sports Sub pretty much right out of the gate in 2009, 2010. And then my role here has expanded as the the station kind of got right to the Celtics and the team became a high profile, but I've also just freelanced for a number of places, NBA.com, Bleacher Report, as well as writing regularly for CBS, Boston, Sports.com, and Boston.com over the last few years before uh, I just made the transition to Boston Sports Journal last month. So how did you, did you own Celtics Hub? How yeah, does, I still do. You still own it. Yes. But you're just, you're like a hands-off owner. You're like the, the absentee landlord. Exactly. You've got people fostering it and nurturing it. Exactly. So it'll, it'll still live on. We've got a great editor-in-chief now, Ryan Bernardoni. Um, he's like Danger a salary Cart. cap He's genius, a salary right? cap whiz. He should be working in the NBA for a team right now. He's probably better than half the yeah. salary cap guys I've out there. I've read some of his blog. I think it was around the trade deadline. I was like, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I just, it's, I don't, I, I'm glad you get it <laughs> and that you can boil it down because that is some, that league has the most ridiculous intricacies of any, I, I mean, just even just breaking down the, you know, writing about the, the Lakers pick that they have where it's protected outside of two through five. And then if not, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be the, the Sacramento or Philly so, unless it's number one. And it's just like, God, like this league needs some basic, it needs to be basicified if it, that's a word. No. Simplified is probably the right word, but basicified is better. You nailed it. Like I'm a big math guy. I love numbers. It's taken me a good eight or nine years to like get a, like a decent grasp on this stuff yeah. with the salary cap, and, it, and then it changes every few years when they redo the CBA too. They add in new provisions or take away things. So it is, you know, you it's, it's a headache. And so that's something where I don't blame fans or readers just to like kind of throw their arms up in the air about it because there's so much you can and can't do based on these rules, and the rules are you know ridiculous, right? All right, well, the, the question, you know, I'm, I'm going to wrap things up pretty soon because it's a busy time for you. I appreciate you carving this time out in the midst of all this craziness. I appreciate um, being a part of the Hurley. I mean, this is one of the dream top 100 true. iTunes sports boss pack we briefly, multiple we, times. We briefly cracked the top 75. It was it was a big week, but uh, I, I need some, some work. You know, I got I to gotta get a consistent. We'll talk about that later. Oh, speaking of which, you know, we should bring this up before I get to the question everyone wants to know. You know, people don't know this about you and I. But, I mean, I think this podcast has gone pretty well, right? Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been, I mean, listenable. 
Right. Certainly, if this was the first one, you'd be like, oh, those guys could build on that. Right. They but can... we, won't, we won't name the company, but there was a, a little podcasting-type startup situation that were like, hey, let's get that B-Rob kid. And they did. And then that B-Rob kid asked me to be your partner. We did one podcast. Big mistake. Yeah, I guess I doomed you. But I'm top 75 once, so I mean, uh, jokes for on them. But yeah, we were we were canned after one try, which was what, like a 12-minute podcast? Not even. I think it was like 8 to 10 minutes. Kick to the curb. After uh, one shot. a game. And, no feedback. Uh, no feedback. Just uh, a text, you know, got an email being like, hey, let's talk. And then it was, I was like, okay, what what should we work on? You know, we have, we're have we eager to get going here. No, we're, we're you're good. You're fired. You're, you're done. We're, we're, we're good. Crazy. And, uh, Did you ever get paid for that? No. Uh, so shame. that's... Uh, we got mics out of it, though. Yeah, we did. So. I'm going to start my own band and just use that one <laughs> mic to record everything. But, yeah, so the joke's on them. Look at look at us now. I had a brief stint in the top 75 of sports podcasts, and you are the Celtics man at Boston Sports Journal. That's the way the you know, yep. in their face, I guess. In their face. Only you and I will know who it was that banished us, but... Maybe they'll take a second look now. Probably, well, well, are they going to come crawling back? Are we going to say yes? If maybe they... I might stiff-arm them, <laughs> give them the Heisman. I've got my own thing now, and so do you. So the question that everyone needs to know, is B-Rob in the closet? No Ooh. more. Is, the, is, the, is there an expiration date on B-Rob in the closet? So here's the thing. This it's, doesn't sound promising. No, I mean, it's. I'm luckily still involved here at the Sports Hub uh, yeah. on the producing side of things and the engineering side of things, which, which leads me into the closet on Felgren Maz and in the corner at uh, when they're at the Ace <laughs> Ticket Studios. Um, I gave you a chair. Let the record show. Yes, which was much appreciated. The window. A lot of respect on the Hurley Edition right now. Um, it's probably going to be... I'm going to be on the road with the Celtics, so the uh, the opportunities to do it might be few and far between. I, um, I'm i not rolling out a cameo or two. Uh, I might demand... I don't know. Do you think I should demand to, like... If they're going to talk Celtics with me, do you... May, I think I, I have a right to demand maybe, like, to be able to sit yeah. not in the closet at that point. Yeah, I think once the season starts or it's like preseason, right. then you're allowed out. Right. I mean, what are you doing in the closet? So I'm you're in the closet. Overseeing... So yeah, so you can't see it when you're it's on TV. So people would just like, oh, they, you know, they leave them in the closet because like I like know, that you got like the mic though. Like, right, like the freestanding mic. That's... Exactly. But there's a mixer board right there, and so that's where the engineer sits to make sure that, you know, the you're connected to the studio back here in Brighton. And that everyone sounds all right, and you know to pull the guys down when it goes to a commercial break, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that is, you know, just where I sit. It's, and obviously, if Felger and Maz weren't on TV, then you know I wouldn't have to sit there the whole time. But since they are, I have to monitor that when they're on the air, and that's where I'm at. And I have a mic to talk to them and to talk to the guys, Jimmy Stewart, back in Brighton. It's just a it's, sad, it is. It's, it's just it's, it's a, it's a maybe I'll do a video like behind the scenes in the closet so people can get a better before it's all up. Well, I mean, that's the garden studio. You won't be in there. I won't be in there. That's a shame. Maybe it they'll is. let you in. Maybe you know it. It You're could kind happen. Of a big deal now. I mean, I don't know building. about that. Everyone knows <laughs> when you walk in, people notice. All right. Well, you certainly I noticed when you walked into the studio today. Appreciate it. Very busy time. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks. I don't. I don't have anything to give you aside from like a hearty thank you. Mike, this is a pleasure. I'm I'm honored to be invited to come aboard here. And uh, the last thing I expect to be doing is a lot of hardcore Celtics talk at the end of August. Seriously. So, um, it's nice. They've had two real pops this year. Like the, the beginning of July, late June, like it was like, it was great. 
It's a lot it's of fun. Life. I mean, it's going to be this season's going to be a lot of fun. Well, because... do you find? I, mean, I I'm sorry, I'll let you. No, no, go ahead. No. Do you find? Because I find NBA off season and off the court stuff is way more exciting than on the court uh, Tuesday night against Charlotte. Yes, it's that's, that's a unique aspect of it's this. The league. best hot stove out of any of the leagues. Yeah, because it's sort of. I mean, people look if if they you know go on an eight game win streak or an eight game losing streak, a, a story would be more popular for like you know. Just some nonsense, just some gossipy, silly, stupid, something someone said in the media, some fight, some coach problem. Like, that's that stuff, that stuff's lively. No, that's what people, like, want to read about, and that's what sells in yeah. the NBA, around the NBA, for better or for worse. But it is something where, in the NBA, I guess you, I don't know whether it's, like, it's the star names compared to other leagues, like, or the fact that just more trade like trades happen more in the NBA yeah. than they do this trade in doesn't NFL happen in sports right this trade doesn't happen like two like All the stars. Patriots and like the Broncos a couple years ago trading like you know star you know not Brady and Manning but like something equivalent like their star wide receivers it just never happens right so this Gronkowski is, for Von Miller exactly like things along those lines they just don't happen uh, you know it happens a little bit in baseball that's probably the most comparable sport to it but, but you kind of see it coming because it's usually like a last place team with a right. guy that's got a year and a half left or less so exactly it's more predictable there so this is you know all everything has kind of been on the table since you know lebron left in 2010 i feel like uh for miami and it's you know we've seen to think about the craziness that's happened in the last seven years alone um it just kind of sets the table for what lies ahead and the Celtics will be probably heavily involved in what's next it's pretty cool for you to start this new job at a time when the Celtics are. I don't want to rank them, but I mean they might be number two. I feel like they're they, pushing them. We've talked about this a lot, where it's like the Patriots are clear, clearly number one. But I mean, I'll write my butt off about the Red Sox, and it's like it's hard to get people jacked up about it. Like, but they're jacked up about the Celtics. Yeah, I don't know whether and the it's, Bruins are going to be the eighth seed again. Right, the Bruins are where the Celtics were a few years ago in terms of just yeah. I feel like starting over. But yeah, I wonder, do Mike, do you think that's more of a the readership of baseball like is just an older group that's not online as much compared to the basketball fan. I feel like the basketball fan base is just a a younger or at least a on online more maybe than certain other sports. But maybe I may have wrong. It maybe is. It just... is. Uh, I, I remember I was at the Sloan conference like I don't know five six years ago and like far and away social media the NBA was like king like yeah not even close no one else was close like they just connect with people quicker easier. Uh, it was like. Like Rondo's Facebook page had more fans than like anyone, so it's like there's something to the changing media landscape and and just the day to day operation and following of the league that caters to the NBA. Yeah, and they do, and it's served them quite well with like ratings and the money that's coming in from the TV. And they have a good commissioner. They have a good commissioner that a forward thinking <laughs> yeah. commissioner that helps. Just imagine if Adam Silver ran the the NFL. He'd be pretty good at it. He'd be pretty good at it, but. All right, we're going to just do this forever, so I'm going to let you go. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. All righty. want to thank Brian Rob for coming in. Big help, helping out the podcast. I mean, the guy's been nonstop busy for 24 hours, so to take some time to do this and, and talk about some stuff, I appreciate it. Uh, I think there might be, in the intro and the outro here, there might be a little bit loss in sound quality. Look, I'm dealing with a lot of tech things here, and I'm not. I need, I need like, five producers for the show, so if you want to produce and work for absolutely free, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for you because this, this is, oh, it's a headache. Uh, so anyways, enough complaining. Thanks to Brian Rob for joining us. Thanks for the insight. Thank you for listening. As always, you know, give a subscribe, 
click subscribe on your iPhone. You know you want to do it. You get a podcast whenever they go up. Boom, right on your phone. That's what life is all about. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. I, I do appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, this can become as 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 the schedule settles down here and August turns into September. I hope to, to get you a reliable podcast every week. Be sure to let me know uh, what you thought, what you think, what you're going to think. Tell me the future. Give me future sports scores so I can win some bets. And that is life. Thank you. Bye. DirecTV has been rated number one in customer satisfaction over cable for 17 years running, but some people still like cable. Just like some people like getting stepped on by their dance partner. Oh, you got the moves. A warm welcome from La Chancla. Oh, I missed you too, Mom. Rubbing their eyes after chopping habaneros. Oh, oh, spicy. I can see clearly now. Or receiving a flying kick directly on the shin. Thanks, I needed that. But for everyone else, there's DirecTV. For number one customer satisfaction over cable, switch to DirecTV. Call 1-877-278-1288. Compared to other major subscription TV cable providers, claim based on 2001 to 2017 ACSI surveys of customers rating their own TV provider's performance. New approved DirecTV customers only. Equipment lease required. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details.